Well, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, world. It's me, Reverend Adrian L. Robinson II, a.k.a. Rev. Rob, and this is Deeper in the Word, where we give you the real about Scripture with people who actually know and understand it so that you can get a better grasp of what certain things in the Bible mean, how they relate to your life and experience, and how you, yes, you, right there, out there, you, how you can apply something written so long ago to what you are going through right now. And today, friends, today's episode is entitled... Parental guidance is suggested. Parental guidance is suggested. (laughs) Now, you've probably heard this phrase before with respect to movies or certain TV shows. And it's basically a rating system used by the Motion Picture Association of America that dictates that anyone viewing the movie or TV show who is below the age of 13 years old must be accompanied by a parent or supervising adult in order to watch it. Now, I didn't say all that, but of course, that's not the context in which we're using this statement today. No, our context today relates to God as our heavenly parent. See, we often call God our father, but how often do we actually think of God as our parent? See, the word of God, as contained in the Gospel of John, chapter 1, verses 12 and 13, tells us that, quote, but to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. That's right, y'all. If you accept Christ as your Lord and Savior, you have been granted the right to call yourself a child of God. And of course, if you're a child of God, that makes God your parent. Like, picture yourself coming home from school or from a long, hard day of work. And there's God sitting on the couch asking, so, how was your day, my child? (laughs) Wouldn't that trip you out? Would you even know how to respond to that? Like, I'm sure that some people think it would be strange to even consider that God cares about how your day went. Oh, but he does. And the truth is that even though we don't tend to actually see God as our parent, we do tend to judge God's fatherhood based on what we know about our own earthly fathers or parents, as well as our experiences with them in our life or our experiences without them for those who've never really had their parents in their lives. And my friends, if any of you out there have wounds in your life because of a less than perfect father, like Michael said, you are not alone. Psalm 68, 5, verse 5, declares that God is the, quote, father of the fatherless and protector of widows is God in his holy habitation. Now, since God is the father of the fatherless, he's interested in those who have experienced the pain of abandonment by an earthly father. Furthermore, God desires to adopt all those who've experienced the pain of an absent father, and he accomplishes that through the gospel. Now, whatever the case may be, we often exchange our personal definition of parenthood with the kind of parenthood that God offers. And therefore, we fail to hear, see, and believe what kind of parent God actually is. So what does the phrase God the Father really mean? Well, in Christianity, God is known as God the Father, God our Father, and God the Father of Jesus. And it is through these truths of a relationship with our creator that God is seen as father over all of creation as well as father personally to all believers through grace. Scripture tells us that 
God's ways are, quote, perfect, that's Psalm 1830, that he is, quote, a faithful God who does no wrong and is upright and just, that's Deuteronomy 32, verse 4. That makes him the perfect father that you never had. You know, I praise God that I was able to have a good relationship with my dad, may he rest in peace, as I grew into adulthood. Because when I was a kid, and especially as a teenager, I clashed with my dad, and I clashed hard with him, and we clashed often, okay? To the point where I didn't even live at home for a long time because we didn't get along. Shout out to my Aunt Barbara, I love you. But no matter how much my dad and I clashed, I came to know that he loved me and that any discipline he dished out towards me was for my good and not my harm, even if I didn't understand it or agree with it at the time. So I'm thankful that before he passed, I was able to reestablish that bond with him. However, there's other people out there, as y'all know, that ain't so fortunate. And if that's you, if you didn't have a father who was approachable, who was loving, and who had your best, your very best interest in mind, what I want you to know today, y'all, is that God, as your heavenly father, is waiting to more than make up for what you never had from your earthly father. So just exactly where does the Bible say that God is our father? Well, scripture is filled with references to God as our father. Look at Corinthians chapter 8, 1 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 6. Yet for us, there is one God, the Father, from whom all, from, from whom are all things and for whom we exist, and one Lord Jesus Christ, through whom are all things and through whom we exist. Look at the, I finally got that out. Look at Ephesians chapter 4, verse 6. One God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. Hmm. Look at Psalm 86, verse 5. Father of the fatherless and protector of the widows is God in his holy habitation. We just read that one. Look at Isaiah chapter 64, verse 8. But now, O Lord, you are our father. We are the clay and you are our potter. And we are all the work of your hand. Look at 1 John uh, chapter 3, verse 1. See what kind of love the father has given to us that we should be called children of God and so we are. The reason why the world does not know us is that it did not know him. Look at how um, Jesus said in John uh, chapter 14, verse 6, Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. 2 Corinthians 6, 18, puts it this way. And I will be a father to you, and you shall be sons and daughters to me, says the Lord Almighty. That's our Holy Papa, y'all. And scripture also makes it clear that God was the literal father of Jesus, that Jesus was his one and only son. And this remarkable relationship means a great deal to us. Why? Because it is through God's fatherhood of Christ that we, as followers of Christ, are able to call ourselves children of God as well. What do I mean by that? Well, let's just go to the word. Look at Ephesians chapter 1 verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. John chapter 1 verse 14. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory, glory as of the only son from the father, full of grace and truth. Look at John chapter 3, verse 16. Y'all all know this one. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. John chapter 14, verse 10. Do you not believe that I am in the father and the father is in me? This is Jesus talking. The words I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority, but the father who dwells in me does his works. Jesus again, Matthew 11, chapter 27. 
all things have been handed over to me by my father and no one knows the son except the father and no one knows the father except the son and anyone to whom the son chooses to reveal him. That's us. Look at Matthew chapter three, verse 17. And when Jesus was baptized, a voice from heaven said, this is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. That's God talking. And then in John chapter 14, verse two, Jesus said, in my father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? Saying to God, it is only through our faith in and acceptance of Christ as our Lord and Savior that we're able to have the type of parent-child relationship that we do with God. So when you love Christ, God the Father loves you as one of his very own children. Hallelujah. Now, coming up after the break, we want to explore precisely how God exhibits qualities that are like our earthly parents, but with holy and divine virtues, not earthly ones. Because the reality is, God as a parent is much more powerful and frankly much more merciful than any of our earthly parents could ever be. And so we're gonna dive on into that discussion after we come back from the break. Hey, what's up world? It's your man, Rev Rob, and I am here to cordially invite you to join us for our Outrageous Justice group study series, which takes place every Wednesday night at 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Central, 5 p.m. Pacific, beginning on Wednesday, January 13th, 2021. This is a small group study that we're doing in conjunction with our sister church, Oasis on the Mount in Garland, Texas, and it's going to be live on Zoom every Wednesday night. Now, the study, which lasts for only six weeks, sees God calling his people to seek justice. But when we consider all the complexities of our criminal justice system, how can the followers of Jesus have a clear understanding of the criminal justice issues and take action to promote peace and restoration? Aha, that's where this study comes in. Sponsored by our beloved giving partner, Prison Fellowship, the curriculum of outrageous justice is designed to awaken Christians to the need for justice that restores us and where we'll learn about the challenges in the American criminal justice system and explore how Christians can respond in hands-on ways to pursue justice and bring about true hope, restoration, and healing for all. Now, the materials for the study are free, free, free. And as I like to say, I know y'all love out there some free 99. All you have to do is email us at info at benevolentfaithministries.org and we will immediately send you all the course materials as well as the information to log into Zoom. The materials are all maintained electronically, which means that when we email you back, we're going to be sending you electronic or PDF versions of the materials. And again, it's free. So how could you possibly pass up this opportunity? That's right, you can't. Email us today for your free copy of the Outrageous Justice Study Materials so that you can join us on Wednesday nights. Amen. And we'll see you then. God bless. Welcome back to Deeper in the Word. As a reminder, you can subscribe and listen to us on Spotify, Anchor, Google Podcasts, Breaker, Radio Public, Pocket Casts, Overcast, and on Apple Podcasts in the iTunes Store. Also, don't forget to email us at info at benevolentfaithministries.org so you can send us your questions and comments for the show. Again, I say it every week. How are we going to know what y'all want to talk about unless y'all tell us what y'all want to talk about? Also, please email us to get your free copy of materials for our upcoming study, Outrageous Justice, which will be held every Wednesday night at 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Central, 6 uh, 
6 p.m. Pacific, or 5 p.m. Pacific, I'm sorry, starting on January 13th of this year. Now, we're doing this in conjunction with our beloved sister church, Oasis on the Mount, and their pastor, Pastor Christopher Pipkin, my friend, and they're out of Garland, Texas. And we're going to be doing this study with them, and it will be live on Zoom every week. So email us so we can get you the materials for the study. They're absolutely free. They cost you nothing. It only costs you the time it takes to email us and say, hey, send me the materials. Amen? And remember, we want you to join us every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Central, 4 p.m. Pacific time for our online church services. Just go to benevolentfaithministries.online.church and create a screen nickname so you can chat along with us during the service. We have a great time every Tuesday night. The, the Lord gives us a word and we give it to the people and we don't do it like a typical service. It's kind of an express service. We're in and out in less than an hour every single week. And that includes the word, altar call, praise and worship, prayer, everything you would have in a normal service. Amen. Also, check out our YouTube channel. Just enter Benevolent Faith Ministries in the search box on YouTube, and you can see all of our videos, including past services, past online services that you may have missed, and also Bible studies that you can still take part in right now, and previously aired episodes of our TV show, Walk in the Word, that was previously on the Now Network. Amen? But today, today's show is entitled, Parental Guidance is Suggested. No, we ain't talking about PG movies. We're talking about how God is our heavenly father, as well as how we can have access to his heavenly parentage through our belief in his son, Jesus Christ. And so now we want to take a look at how God's characteristics are like our earthly parents, but how, because he's God, all powerful, all knowing, omnipotent and omnipresent, how his characteristics are far different than those of our earthly parents. In other words, our heavenly father does things and acts and manners that our earthly parents are unable to. How so? Well, for starters, God's patience and kindness never runs out. And if you've ever felt you used up whatever patience or kindness your dad once had for you, you don't have to worry about overextending your heavenly father. All the times I came in late from curfew because I wanted to chill a bit longer with my friends instead of obeying my dad's mandate to have my butt in the house by a certain time, that pretty much wore up my dad's patience thin to the point where he had to ground me. And quite honestly, I deserved it. Now, one time my dad ground me for almost a whole year. I don't know if I deserved that, but his point was well taken, trust me. Now, fortunately for all of us, God the Father's patience doesn't wear thin quite so easily or so readily. And y'all know how we do. We go straight to the word. Look at Psalm 103, verse 17. It says that, but the steadfast love of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting on those who fear him and his righteousness to children's children. Psalm 106, uh, verse 1 puts it this way. And it's more succinctly what it tells us, his steadfast love endures forever. In other, word, other words, God's patience and kindness never wear out. And his ability to forgive you never decreases either. We are assured in Psalm 103, verse 12, that, quote, as far as the east is from the west, so far does he remove our transgressions from us. That means that your heavenly father also never holds a grudge or brings up the, your past against you. And I know that many of us out there can praise him for that. Amen. Now, we also see that. God the Father is always approachable. See, unlike us, God never has a bad day and he's never in a sour mood and he's never too busy or distracted for his child, okay? 
You know how sometimes somebody can have a bad day, they're really not trying to hear from anybody else. God's not like that. When you're in a relationship with his son, Christ, you have complete access to your heavenly father's ear, to his heart, and to his focused attention. Look at how the author of Hebrews puts it in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 16. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace, that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Psalm 121 verse 3 tells us that he will not let your foot be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. You know what that means? That means God's got your back and he's not going to let you fall. And that he'll never fall asleep at the wheel because he is ever vigilant over every aspect of your life. In Psalm 138 verse 3, Davis tells us that on the day I called, you answered me. My strength of soul, you increased. And here, David was letting us know that God is never too busy to hear our cries and to come to our rescue. And much like the late, great Luther Vandross, it's never too much, never too much for him to handle. That's why you need to give all of that to him, everything, cast all of it on him. You know what else that truly means? It also means that you will never have to earn God's love. And I personally know that many people out there have often felt like they had to earn their father's love and respect by accomplishing great things in order to make them him proud of them. And see, God's not like Andrew's dad in the movie Breakfast Club. Y'all remember the movie Breakfast Club? With them kids, don't you forget about me. Don't, you know, with the library, and they were in detention on a Saturday. Andrew was the wrestler, played by actor Emilio Estevez. And his dad only showed Andrew love and attention when he won at wrestling. And there's a pivotal scene where Andrew's, you know, going off and crying. Baha's dad is like, win, win. And how he had to sacrifice everything in his own life personally in order to please his father. God is not a father like that, y'all. And the word backs this up. Look at Romans uh, chapter 5, verse 8. That tells us that, but God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Don't miss that. It's saying that while we were still sinners, while we were still trifling, while we were still out there doing our own thug thizzle, that means that while we were still blowing it, while we were not measuring up, while we were still oblivious to him and his love, while we were doing all of that, God still sent his son to die for us. Now that's love. Friends, that is an unconditional, sacrificial love, and it is unlike anything you can experience here on this earth. God is a father who chose to love you and didn't you didn't do a daggone thing to earn it. Hallelujah. And that's another awesome thing about God as our father. The fact that you will never blow it enough to lose his love. Since there was nothing you could do to earn your heavenly father's love, there's nothing you can do to lose it. And if you don't believe me, just go back to the word for further proof. Come on, man. Y'all know how we do. It's always about the word. Look at how the apostle Paul breaks it down for us in Romans chapter 8, verses 38 and 39. For I am sure that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depths, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Have mercy. In other words, no circumstance, seen or unseen power, no person, no action or inaction on your part can separate you from God's love. Yo, that is powerful. And I know many people who are estranged 
from their fathers, don't have relationships with their fathers because of something that happened during the course of their lives, which caused their earthly father to fall back from them. Their father got their fat Joe on and leaned back from them. Your heavenly father will never do that to you because that is a promise that only your heavenly father has the power to fulfill. Saying to God, the reality is that every single person on this earth who claims to love God, or who claims, I'm sorry, who claims to love you, and who claims that, oh, I'll never leave you, they're still gonna be separated from you, at least temporarily, when they die, or when you die. But God's word promises that even in death, there is no separation from God's love ever. Somebody right now need to be jumping up and down in excitement because of that. And this also demonstrates that God always has your very best interest in mind, okay? See, it's natural for humans to be selfish and consider themselves before anyone else. That's what we do, we trifle it. So if you had a dad who was unselfish and willing to sacrifice his own comfort for yours, like mine was for so many years, even though we didn't get along, you had a gift. But that's still only a glimpse of what your heavenly father is like. Look again, Paul, Romans chapter eight, verse 32. He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? Man, look at how Jesus said it in Matthew chapter seven, verse 11. If you then who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask him? In other words, y'all, God not only has the ability to give you anything you desire as long as it's good for you, he also knows your situation down the road and what will be best for you in the long run as well as eternally. Something your earthly father could never do no matter how much he loves you, amen? Now, coming up in our last segment, we wanna bring this whole argument on home by focusing on those areas of God's parentage that we might not like as much as these other areas we just highlighted, but which might be even more important than those other areas. And we're gonna do that when we come back from the break. At Benevolent Faith Ministries, we're a virtual church with a real heart for God. Visit us on the web today at benevolentfaithministries.org and learn more about becoming a member, participating in our giving partnerships, and learning how you can be the church without the need of any building. That's benevolentfaithministries.org. Log on today. What's up, y'all? This is Rev Rob, and I'm inviting you to join us live for our weekly online services every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Central, 4 p.m. Pacific. All you have to do is log on at benevolentfaithministries.online.church, and it'll take you directly to the live worship session. Now, if you get there a bit early before service is started, stay and enjoy the fellowship with us and others through the chat system. You can even participate live and chat with our hosts during and throughout the service, as well as take notes and follow along in the Bible section we have available. And you can request prayer or even join Benevolent Faith Ministries itself. Remember, you can log on at benevolentfaithministries.online.church every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. Eastern, and we can't wait for you to worship with us. Welcome back <laughs> to Deeper in the Word. Don't forget, you can follow us on Facebook. 
Just go to at Benevolent Faith Ministries in that search box and like our page to support us. Uh, quite honestly, that's the only time you're going to be seeing me on Facebook, y'all. I really don't get down with social media anymore like that. And if you see me on there, it's because of Benevolent Faith. It's not because of anything personal. Oh, but you don't want to hear all that. Anyway, also don't forget, you can join us every Monday morning at 7 a.m. Eastern during our live prayer call line. If you can't make the live call, you can call the prayer playback line, which is 24 hours a day, seven days a week, in order to hear what you may have missed. Amen? Oh, you say, I don't know what the prayer playback number is, Rev. Rob. Well, email us at info at benevolentfaithministries.org and we'll get that to you. That's why it's so important that y'all email us. We got to have a dialogue. Amen? But today, y'all, today we've been discussing how parental guidance is suggested and how God, the character and actions that he has and exhibits as our father differ greatly from those of our earthly fathers. And so far, we've talked about all the wonderful ways that God demonstrates his fatherhood to us in pleasant fashions. But as we know, there are always going to be times when God's fatherhood doesn't seem as pleasant, but that doesn't mean that his love is any less effective or meaningful towards us. And one of the ways we see that is that God's timing is perfect. You know what that really means? It means that when God says it's time for something, that's when it's time. Not when you say it's time or when you want it to be time, okay? And people are asking that question a lot now, like when is this pandemic gonna end? When God says so, not when man says so, not when the vaccine comes out, no. It'll be over when God says it's over, okay? See, God doesn't make mistakes and he doesn't forget. And unlike human fathers, his timing is always perfect. When God withholds something from you, it's not necessarily because he's angry or punishing you or just not listening to the concerns on your heart, no. Psalm 84.11, once again, back in the word, Psalm 84.11 tells us that no good thing does he withhold from those who walk uprightly. But don't miss that because so many people do. It says for those who walk uprightly. That means for those who obey him, who read his word consistently and do what it says. So basically, if you're walking uprightly, and you're asking God for a good thing and he's not delivering, it either isn't truly good for you or it isn't time. And we have to keep that in mind. We keep praying about the end of this pandemic. Maybe in God's mind, it's not time. Why would I say that? Because people still don't take it seriously. I go out every, every time I go out, people don't have on masks. People aren't socially distancing. I say this every week, okay? And so maybe God is like, I'm not revoking this until y'all take it serious. And there, don't, don't tell me there's no biblical mandate or biblical precedence for this because there is. Just go read your word about pestilence and disease and how God brought them to discipline the people and only stopped it when the people cried out to him like, okay, Lord, we get it. We're not even doing that yet. Trust him. Trust what he knows. Trust his timing and trust the process he's allowing you to go through. He knows how to get good, how to give good gifts at just the right time, y'all. Why do I say that? Because God the Father knows you intimately. The need to be intimately known is one of the deepest needs of the human race. But sometimes we hide who we really are, who we really are, out of a fear of rejection 
or that somebody might lose interest in us when they discover what we're really like, the ugliness and all. When you tear that mask off and show the truth of who you really are, people be like, yeah, we don't really want to do that a lot of times, so we hide. You see that a lot on Instagram. People be fronting for the gram. You see it on Facebook. You see it on Twitter. People act like they are what they really aren't. And why do they do that? Because they want that sense of intimacy. They want to be liked. God's word tells us that your heavenly father knows you intimately. Look at Psalm 139 verses 1 through 3, where David said, Oh Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know when I sit down and when I rise up. You discern my thoughts from afar. You search out my path and my lying down and are acquainted with all my ways. In other words, God knows your thoughts before you think them. He knows your words before you say them. And he knows your actions before you carry them out. And with all that intimate knowledge of you, he continues to love you like the perfect father. Again, somebody needs to be standing up right where they are and praising the Lord for that. Because you know you're trifling. You know you be thinking some trifling stuff. You know that you've gotten away with certain things that other people will never know, but God knows, and yet he continues to love you like a perfect father. Oh, that's the shouting part right there, y'all. And because God the Father knows you intimately, inside and out like that, God lets you make your own choices. See, God has expectations of you. Just like your earthly father might have, like Andrew Stevenson's father might have had in The Breakfast Club. But he don't disown you or back out of your life when you select a different path. Instead, like the wise, loving, and patient father that he is, he just waits. He just waits it out. And as Paul tells us in Romans 8.28, we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to to his purpose. That means that when you come back to your right mind and you get back to his best plan for your life, you find that it's something that, guess what? You actually wanted that too. And you find that he is able to use those mistakes for good in your life from that point on. I didn't have any inclination toward preaching the gospel, y'all. I had no inclination towards it, towards it. And when God started calling me to do certain things, I rejected it at first. But once I did, I realized that it's something that I really wanted to. But again, and I can't stress this enough. Notice that Rome, the text of Romans 8.28 says, For those who love him. And it also says those who, quote, are called according to his purpose. Like we said before, you have to be obedient to his word, his will, and his way in order for these promises to apply to you. They're not for everybody, y'all. Don't call yourself loving God if you're doing your own thing. I mean, just like an earthly parent. How you say you love your earthly parent and don't, you don't ever listen to them? You always defy them and you outright disrespect them to do your own thing instead of submitting to their authority. It's the same premise with God. Don't tell me you love God and you keep doing your own thug thizzle. You don't love God, you love yourself. And so when he disciplines you, don't be on some old, why are you doing this to me, Lord? You brought it on yourself. And that leads us to the final area where God the Father demonstrates his parental guidance. And this might be the most important one of them all, y'all. And that's that God the Father loves you enough to discipline you. Now, I know, I know that y'all might have a hard time with this. 
especially if you were disciplined by your own father out of his anger rather than his love. But God's word says in Proverbs 3, verses 11 and 12, my son, do not despise the Lord's discipline or be weary of his reproof. For the Lord reproves him who he loves as a father, the son in whom he delights. Scripture also says in Proverbs 13, verse 24, whoever spares the rod hates his son, but he who loves him is diligent to discipline him. In other words, when you whoop your child's behind, I don't mean you don't love them. Now don't abuse them. But sometimes kids did they butts whooped. I know I did at times. Have you ever had God refuse to give you something or take something away that you loved? Trust that your heavenly father was either protecting you for something or disciplining you out of love or both. See, we don't like discipline at all. Nobody likes to be disciplined even when they need it, need it or deserve it. I mean, come on, you think criminals like going before a judge and being sentenced for their crimes even though they truly deserve that? No, you can't just keep on doing whatever you want and think your heavenly father is pleased by that behavior. And if you're a parent out there, you know exactly what I'm talking about. What if your kids just up and decided one day that they were never going to listen to you again and just do their own thing? <laughs> I know mothers that'll break their arm trying to find a belt or otherwise kick them out of the house. You know what I'm saying? Now imagine how God's feel when how God feels when we treat him like that. Discipline is always unwanted, but it's always necessary. Cause it's saying that you out of pocket, check yourself. So keep that in mind. God wants to protect us through discipline, not so much from the bad things that can happen to us, but the bad attitudes and habits that we can develop within our own heart and our own soul and our own minds. God knows how we can get swept up into an ungodly and unhealthy culture. Look all around us where the world is characterized by anger and bitterness and cravings and desires and envy and fear and greed and hatred. That's why he will allow things to happen to us, which will prevent us from taking on those damaging attitudes and characteristics because God wants to correct us through his discipline before we start sinking in a quicksand of bad attitudes and habits that get worse and worse. Look at how Proverbs 29:15 puts it. A rod of correction imparts wisdom, but a youth led to himself is a disgrace to his mother. In other words, somebody who's spoiled rotten and they get into rotten mischief, that disgraces the family and it disgraces the parentage. Cause that means parent, you didn't do your job quite right. You let that child be so spoiled. I'm just saying. God also wants to instruct us through discipline, especially in how to cultivate good and godly attitudes and habits. We get disciplined so God can correct the bad stuff that we do so that we don't keep doing that. Don't that make sense? So the next time you're being disciplined by God, first you should recognize that that's what it is. I'm being disciplined. Maybe I need to check myself. Like I said before, instead of being on some old, Lil, why is this happening to me type of stuff. And secondly, you should thank him that he loves you enough to care about your trifling butt in any fashion such that he would make you go through something that ultimately will be for your refinement and for your good. Because that, my friends, is true parental 
guidance. Amen. Listen, thanks for joining us. Don't forget, you can subscribe and listen to us on Spotify, Anchor, Google Podcasts, Breaker, Radio Public, Pocket Cast, Overcast, and on Apple Podcasts and the iTunes Store. And don't forget, find us on the web at benevolentfaithministries.org. Log on now and learn more about our giving partnerships and how you can be the church without the need for any building. And don't forget to log on this and every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 6 Central, 5 Pacific. Find out whatever time it is on your side of the world. But come join us for our online services at benevolentfaithministries.online.church. Amen. Thanks, y'all. We'll catch y'all next time. Holla. Holla.